0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show, now certified by the Department of Namby Pamby do as a weapon of mass distraction and enjoyment. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit, here's your host, Brian Levine. Please, yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you 100% pre-recorded tonight because I'm off in Los Angeles. Uh, But anyway, in tonight's show, hey, we're going to talk about uh, the, uh, give a little history on the packs of Tobacco, how tobacco's been packed and delivered for sale over the years. Uh, my guest tonight is from Briar Labs, Sarah Steele. So we'll get a uh, kind of a ladies' night going on here and a woman's perspective on pipe smoking and see what's going on there. Uh, music, a little mailbag, and a uh, best friend rant for you. That is one I've had sitting around for a while. Um, anyway, I am off to, uh, I'm off in Los Angeles and helping to clean out my, uh, my grandmother's house and, uh, get it ready for sale. Um, you know, the, uh, my grandparents, part of the, um, part of the depression era, World War II, uh, era and, um did not uh did not believe in uh wasting any money and uh did not believe in throwing anything away keep it you might need it for later it might be useful for later so i'm sure this whole week as we uh, go through her house and get stuff cleaned out and get stuff uh, disseminated around the family we'll find some uh some memories and lots of pictures and uh <laughs> Sometimes a historical thing. It's almost like a, uh, it's almost like a modern day archaeological dig when you go through somebody's house, especially somebody who has lived in the same house for fifty-four years. Yeah, fifty-four years in that house. Uh, I'm sure we're going to find some interesting things. I know we already have in just the uh, day and a half that I was there back in April. Um, Anyway, but that's what I'm doing And that's why this show's pre-recorded It's actually Friday night as I'm doing this And heading off to LA on Saturday So you get a Pipes Magazine radio show While I'm off um, Having uh, a little bit of interesting fun And uh, walking down memory lane All right, everybody, let's get the show rolling So sit back, relax, fire up a bowl Thank you all for tuning in And thank you to the McBaron Tobacco Company Here we go
1: What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic cashmere, the sultry Licoricea, and the striking Archibaldino Red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today.
2: I wish I had a genie who could make it easy to order pipes and tobaccos online. You don't need a genie, sir. Visit fournoggins.com. They stock all your favorite pipes and tobaccos, and every order gets fast personal attention. Orders are packed carefully and shipped quickly by priority mail. Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com. I can still see you, you know. A bit rusty, sir. Fournoggins.com.
0: Welcome back. All right, uh, just a reminder that you must be eighteen years of age or wherever smoking, whatever the smoking age is, in order to enjoy this show. Um, so, for historically pipe tobacco, and I, you know we can talk about all the other stuff, but it doesn't matter to us. Pipe tobacco came packed originally in uh, the loose tobacco would come packed in a little burlap bag might have looked like a a little, uh, uh, you may see them on eBay occasionally, a little Bull Durham drawstring burlap sack. Um, Or you would go into the tobacconist and buy some rope or cut a plug off. And then they might wrap it in some paper for you. So that was, uh, I mean, that was pretty much it back in the uh, late 1800s, early 1900s uh then you start getting the uh the industrial revolution comes around and you start seeing some other ideas of which packing in a can and using a using a tin can with a uh, with a screw top lid to just take the uh the the custom blended stuff right in the store pack it in that can shut it uh in factories this is where you start to see some of the more desirable packaging, like the cutter top can. Uh, and what the cutter top can is, is it's a lid that is a, a, tin, a tin can that's got, a or a steel can, that's got a little bead around the top to seal the lid, and then a, another false lid put on top of it. And inside that false, that, that lid, is a little blade that you would push down And by pushing it down, it would puncture the sealed lid underneath it. And you'd rotate that false lid around the top and it would use it like a little can opener would be and cut the top open. So that's called a cutter top can. Uh, If you uh, Google search for like a cutter top can of Balkan Sobrani or cutter top uh, can of old Dunhill product, uh, that's the best way to really see what the cutter top cans look like. Uh, the other kind of can that we had, and it was more 50s and 60s, um, might have had a key and a little, uh, and a little lip that you would lock the key into and you would you'd twist the key and it would break that outer seal and pop the lid off. Uh, that's very similar to what old-fashioned sardine cans used to look like. Now, by the 50s and 60s and into the 70s, you start getting into uh, what we're used to now, which is the vacuum-packed, sealed, metal, round or square tins, and some of the pouch products, because you start seeing the uh, the, the machine-packed, foldable pouches. over all that time you've seen some different kinds of materials used uh different kinds of cans that may not be vacuum sealed like the uh cornell and deal or mcclellan cans where it's just the products fed in there weighed and then the lid is put on and then you just pull the top off uh kind of like a uh, like an old can of peanuts um The pouch products have gone through multiple generations of products used. Sometimes it was just a a cardboard pouch and then a plastic or metal lined. Uh, Some companies are trying to use a little bit more earth friendly. So maybe a little foil lining inside of a cardboard pouch. Uh, We here in the United States are not real big fans of the pouch tobacco. But when you leave the U.S., and especially when you get into most of Europe, you'll see a lot more premium-looking products in a uh, in a pouch format. It makes it easier to carry, and the cost of packing in the pouch helps keep the cost of the tobacco down. Uh, oftentimes, you'd see uh, through the years. There's been several different kinds of incarnations of just a plug of. A little bowl-sized plug of tobacco that might have been paper wrapped, or you might have bought it just in its little sealed uh, little sealed blister pack container, and those were those were preformed bowls of tobacco that you just dropped in. I mean, those go back as early as the 1920s with uh, with Dunhill preformed bowls. So there's a whole bunch of different ways that we've seen tobacco come, and then of course here in the U.S. we still have A uh, big custom blending business where you go into your tobacconist or you order it and you just get it in a big Ziploc bag. Uh, And those are shipped to them usually in five pound bags. So, Lots of different options out there. Alright, any questions email me brian at pipesmagazine.com or post them on the forums. Uh, Got any questions or got any suggestions for a pipe parts that maybe I haven't covered for you? Let me know what you'd like to hear. All right, in just a minute, Sarah Steele.
2: This is Internet Radio. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Corn Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meersham Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meersham, Washington, Missouri, since 1869.
1: If you're looking for quality, if you're looking for a variety, and if you're looking for someone with a reputation for nothing
3: but the best— you're looking for Cup of Joes.com. Joes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. Cup Joes.com is also your one-stop shop for Peterson Pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly pipes. Check out
1: their remodeled website at joes.com and be sure to like them on Facebook, joes.com Quality products at extraordinary prices.
0: We are back on the Pipes Magazine Radio Show, and it's a uh, Ladies' Night on the show. As I said, joining us is Sarah Steele. And Sarah, I'm gonna, you know, we'll we'll just get going with you and let everybody learn about you as we go, because uh, you've only been you've been around Pipes now for about two years. But let's just get to know you first. So, tell us, where did you grow up? I grew
1: up on the south
3: side of Chicago. That's where I was born and raised, and then relocated to Indiana when I went to college.
0: And you've never gone back?
3: No, I meant to, and then I, I just kind of never left.
0: So the South Side of Chicago were you on a Were you on an episode of Good Times?
3: <laughs> I I think half my family might have been at some point. Yeah.
0: Okay. Good. All right. So what were you uh, What were you doing when you? discovered pipes and pipe tobaccos and I know the answer so go ahead and talk about Michael.
3: Uh, <laughs> I actually fell in love with pipe tobacco before I met Michael. Um, my grandpa was a pipe smoker and I, my every memory I have of him involves him with a Dr. Grabo stuck in the corner of his mouth. Every picture I have of him, you know, he's got some sort of pipe stuck in the corner of his mouth. So um, I've been around pipes and tobacco for my whole life. And so when I met Michael, it was like, oh, no, I, I know what this is. You know, this is something I'm familiar with. <laughs> and I've always – this is going to sound strange, but I've always found men who smoke pipes to just be a little bit more thoughtful, I guess, just a little bit more uh, – I don't know, the, the sort of fellow who, who – doesn't necessarily rush into things, and sometimes takes more time to think things through, and I find that attractive. I guess
0: that may be a generalization, but I'm the exception. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So, how did? Uh, I mean, let, let's talk about how. Did, when did you first smoke a pipe?
3: Um. Not too long after I met Michael, yeah, he was like, "Well, if you're going to be into this, then then let's let's see you do this." And I said, "Okay," you know, because I think he wanted me to experience something other than the you know drugstore cherry blends that I think everyone starts off with. <laughs> and uh, so that was a that was a fast education. Uh,
0: what was it? I mean, what was it like for you first, puffing on the pipe?
3: A lot like taking your first shot of whiskey. <laughs> I don't think anyone can be prepared for it. <laughs> so, but it was um um and a headache soon afterwards because I think I, I about blew my brains out, but um, you know, it's it's been a learning experience for sure. Uh
0: so we'll we'll fast forward a little bit and talk about uh what got <laughs> Talk about what got you out of your uh, your previous full time career and into uh, being involved in Briar Labs.
3: Uh, you know, it was a whole lot of of life coming at us all at once, and a lot of pieces falling into place without us really trying. Um, Michael made the decision to relocate to Indiana, and and really those plans were in place before he even met me. Um, Michael was already planning on leaving Michigan, which was where he had been based out of, and had been in talks with Nate King about combining forces and combining their studio space. And it just happened to be convenient that while he was talking with Nate about moving to Indiana, he happened to meet me, who already lived in Indiana. And um, when we decided that that was gonna be a good idea and he was gonna be down here, You know, I looked at the two of them and said, could you use me? You know, I mean, are there things that I'm not making pipes, but are there other things that I could do? Because everything that I can do for the lab leaves you guys with more time to do what you do best, which, frankly, is to make pipes. You know, I mean, that's kind of the big joke around the lab is, stop doing that. I can do that. Go make a pipe, you know. (laughs) And um, (laughs) it's usually a lot more craft than that, and may involve me throwing things at them sometimes. Go make a pipe, you know. But... It's, um, but it's nice it's, as long as I can handle the other stuff, they can do what they love. And that's kind of nice.
0: And just, just for background, you had a full-time professional career in like real stuff before this.
3: I did. I had a uh, 16 years with J.P. Morgan before this. So it was, it was a big change for me, but that was something that was necessary too. I was, um, I was traveling for work, and I had been traveling for about eight years. Um, I was on the road four days a week, every week, and that was fine when I was younger and when I wasn't a mom. And as my son grew older, I thought, you know, I'm missing his life, and I need something that can I can be home, you know. And when it looked like, hey, You know, I can can do this. And I remember having that conversation with Michael, and he looked at me and said, why are are you working so hard to be away so much? It doesn't make any sense, you know? And so now, with the way we have things organized, it's it's nice. I get to be a mom full-time, and when my son is at his father's, I get to do what I love to do, which is run the lab. And it's the best of both worlds for me and for my family. All
0: right, so... What's your What's your day to day like at the at the lab?
3: Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> well, um, everything. Um, I'm primarily responsible for managing our website. Um, so we've got, I think, fifteen member carvers at this point. So as they send types in to us, um, I'm responsible for all of the photography and descriptions and management of those types. I manage our mailing list, I manage our social media, Um, so anytime a question comes in through like the contact us section of our website or through our our newsletter sign up or what have you, I'm the one that handles all of that. Um, So I also help manage our members who are fantastic um, and make sure that they're doing what they need to do to grow their business and develop their business. Um, I run all of our laser work, so if anything needs to be run through the laser, I handle pretty much all of that so that's been a learning curve um, for me but it's been something that I can do and feel useful at I suppose Um, and then of course Michael and I also still run the pipe rack Um, so I do all of the photography for that I mean obviously he still handles the inventory and the description I know nothing about estate pipes that's something I'm working on learning Um, but I still have to do all the photography and everything for that as well
0: so not much going on every day
3: Oh, no, no, I, just, I mostly just sit around, yeah. throw things at Nate,
0: you know, no big deal. Yeah. All right, we had, uh, we had Nate and Michael on uh, about, oh, almost a year ago or so to talk about the lab. Now, let's get the real person's point of view of it. What exactly is Briar Lab?
3: We are a completely different animal. That's something I learned. Um, I didn't know how different we were um, because I had no experience. And um, we, let's see, the first thing we are is we are a collaborative studio. So we've got about 2,000 square feet of shop space on the northwest corner of Indianapolis. And inside that space, we have every bit of equipment, and many cases, multiple pieces of equipment that you could use to make a pipe from start to finish. So we have three lathes, we have two blast cabinets, we have more sandpaper in there on various machines than you can shake a stick at. So people can come in for a day or a week or a month or a year and come in and use that space. And we find that super useful. Um, We've got, I'll use Joe Hinkle as my example. Um, Joe doesn't have the space to have a full shop in his house. Joe doesn't have the equipment to have a full shop in his house. So he comes down and for less than what it would cost him to rent space someplace else, he can use all of the toys. And so that's that's nice. And I wish we had more people living in and around the Indianapolis area that wanted to make pipes because that would be that would be awesome. We've got that we've got that capability. The second thing that we are is we are a resource for people to sell their pipes. Um, it's expensive. It's hard to run a website. It's hard to get people to come to your website. Um, it's, I mean, there's not a lot of options that are out there, um, unless you're selling to dealers, which is great, but if your pipes aren't at the point where they're attracting enough attention to attract dealers, then what do you do? Um, so we're kind of that next step for people and say, okay, you know, where do you go? You know, you finally started hand-making pipes, you're you're hand-cutting your stems, you've gotten yourself a blast cabinet, you've got some equipment, but now what do you do? And our members have the ability to create pipes sometimes create pipes with assistance um, and get them sold and get their name out there and get better at what they're doing Um, and that's one of the things that i like is that if our members choose to and certainly not all of them do and not all of them need to if they choose to they can continue their education through us as well so we can help them produce a better product Um, we can help show them ways to make their products better um, make them more saleable, make them more desirable, make them better smoking machines, um, which is terrific. And it's been really cool to see the growth in some of our newer members and just watch, you know, what their pipes looked like a year ago versus what they look like now. Um, we also have, you know, I mean, we, we love to have people, We um, like for example, we've got Scott Klein, who, you know, Scott clearly doesn't need any help as far as creating a quality product. His pipes are amazing. You know, and if we can, if he can sell a couple off of our site as well, that's great. You know, that just puts more money in his pocket. You know, and if people want to come and see his pipes and maybe see some other people's pipes as well, great, they're there. You know, so the more we can support the overall community, the better we're going to do that. And we want to try to do that as as
4: affordably for folks as we can.
0: So if a pipe maker's in there working and has a question and say, oh, a, you know, a Michael Lindner who's only been making pipes for, I don't know, 15 years or so is standing there, he can also turn and ask Mike what to do with this and how, where am I going wrong?
3: That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And for our carvers that work remotely, you know, they'll send us a batch of pipes and Michael and Nate will look them over and say, hey, you know, this could be better. This could be different. You know, this is something that maybe on your next batch you could do differently. And um, it's, it's nice to be able to provide people with actionable items. You know, it's one thing to look at somebody and say, you know, the flow on this isn't great. Well, what the heck does that mean? You know, I mean, if you can't show someone what that means, if you can't describe to someone how they could change it or how they could fix it, that's not valuable information to them. And so we want to be able to fix that we want to be able to to really show people hey, if you took a quarter inch off here and tilted your bowl another two degrees, it'd be a prettier pipe
0: It's the definition of art I don't know until I see it
3: exactly exactly
0: uh how do the uh how does the materials work for the pipe makers I mean do they get their own do they source out their own briar and their own stem materials or is it all sitting there in the lab for them
3: depends Um, we started doing classes this year that's one of the new things for us Um, and so we had materials there like for the late turning class Um, and so we had briar on site we had rod on site um, so that they weren't burning through their own supply as they were learning new tricks um, so that's kind of cool. Um, you know, we we have a tendency to try to buy things in bulk when we can. And if we can pass along discounts to our members, we'd like to. You know, I mean, it's it's the same thing with, like, the guy who prints my T-shirts. It's like, all right, well, if he doesn't care what I'm printing on them, you know, so if I can get together a bigger order, he prints more T-shirts, everybody saves more money. And that's kind of a nice thing. You know, no one of us has as much money as all of us, so let's all throw in together.
0: And then there might be some fun stuff to look at laying around there too.
3: That's what we like.
0: We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll have more with Sarah. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute.
2: I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. Since 1990, Cornell and Deal has been producing high-quality pipe tobacco expertly blended by hand using time-honored methods, unique recipes, and no small amount of innovation. One example of such innovation is our bestseller Autumn Evening. We start with whole leaf red Virginia and strip the stems by hand. The tobacco is then cut into ribbons and cooked for two days according to our unique recipe to create our special red Virginia Cavendish. Then we infuse the tobacco while it's still hot With our secret flavoring to achieve the sublime sweetness, deep flavor, and delightful aroma that makes autumn evening so well-loved by our loyal customers and everyone around them as they enjoy this very special blend. Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. It's a labor of love. Contact your local or online retailer for information.
0: We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with Sarah Steele of Briar Lab. Uh, Sarah, do you don't have to be a pipe maker to come over and hang out. Do you? you have other programs and stuff for us regular pipe smokers that don't ever want to make a pipe because we can't?
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> you know, it's funny. The number of people who will randomly walk through our door um because you know i mean it's it, the world is very small and people will find us either you know on google or through ads that they've seen or or other articles that they've read and we're not in a retail location we're in an industrial park right so our our neighbors where we're at you know make custom parts for indianapolis race cars you know i mean there's there's nothing there that you could shop at and so people will randomly walk through our door and it's like hi go you guys lab? And we're like, yes. And then the next <laughs> thought is, is our, who are you? <laughs> you know? And, um, and it's, it's kind of neat, you know, we've had just random people walk through and, um, it's funny that's, that's how we got our lab rat. Um, we, we have a, uh, a, a wonderful young man named Ben who now spends no small amount of his time hanging out there. Um, He's, he's the sweetest kid in the world, and he's learning his way around, you know, lathes and equipment, and he runs errands for us, and, it, you know, it's, he found us on the Internet, and he's just never left. So we're like, cool, hang out, dude,
0: <laughs> you know? So,
3: um, But, like, we were talking with someone at the Chicago show about a, a guy who, you know, he's a pipe enthusiast, doesn't know anything about making pipes, has never made them, but he wants to, like, come hang out at the lab for his bachelor party, <laughs> and we're like, Really? Like he's like, Yeah, I just wanna like see how pipes are made and you know, me and like five of my buddies and we'll come and we'll we'll bring some tobacco and bring our pipe club friends and we'll just like hang out and see what you guys do. I'm like, Yeah, yeah, we'll put that together for you, man. I'm like that'd be cool, you know, because our doors are open, you know, people wanna just come and see what's what's happening there. For me, I mean, I just like playing with the laser, you know. <laughs> when we actually, when we got the laser engraver, it was so funny. I had read an article in like Wired Magazine, I think it was, where the author of the article had said, you know, when you get the laser, go ahead and buy two bulbs because you're going to burn the first bulb out just seeing how much fun you can have with this <laughs> and for like two weeks straight for two weeks straight. It was this ongoing joke of, can I put my logo on it? <laughs> you <know? laughs> And it got a little ridiculous for a while there. Nate may have a permanent scar somewhere on his body. I'll let him show that story. But, um, <laughs> we, you know, we, we do, we have, we have a very good time. We've got a, we've got a very nice lounge. We hang out. It's, it's not all business all the time. So it's a lot of fun.
0: If I wanted to, could I uh, hook up with one of the pipe makers, have an idea of a pipe, and then come and hang out while they made the pipe?
3: Yes, absolutely absolutely we um we did a um, I hesitate to call it a fundraising campaign last year, um, but we did a, a an indieGogo campaign where we we basically offered a bunch of our services for sale at a discount. To, um, to make money quickly to buy the laser. And one of the things that we offered uh, was pipe collaborations. And we sold several of them, actually, uh, for both art shapes and classic shapes, where people were like, hey, this is what I want. And either they sent us drawings or they sent us doodles. We did some stuff over Skype, you know, for, for people that were nowhere near us and wanted to watch the process of their pipe being born, you know. And that's kind of cool stuff that we can do
0: that actually sounds like it would be fun.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I mean for the guys it's nice sometimes for them to not have the responsibility of the idea. You know, it's someone else's idea and all they have to do is try to bring it to fruition.
0: Now, let's let's talk about pipe shows cuz that's where you and I have hung out together a couple of times and I there might be some there might have been some drinking, but I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, your first impression of your first pipe show was
3: Kansas City last year was my first pipe show, so um, I was not prepared. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in in my previous careers, um, I frequently had to attend other very large conventions. And I remember printing some of the documentation. I was prepping the documentation that we were going to have on the table. And this was before, just two weeks maybe before the show. And I looked at Nathan, and I said, how many of these are we going to need? And he goes, "Ah, I I don't know. And I was like, "No, I I need an idea. I've got to send these off to the printer. And he's like, I don't know, 20, 30? And I'm like, 20,000, 30,000? And he looks at me, and he's like, You're kidding, right? (laughs) And and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm missing something here, aren't I? And I can't tell you how nice it was for me to be able to go and experience something that, yeah, I get to talk about my business and I get to talk about how fun it is and I get to have wonderful conversations about whether or not bull code is a good idea. Um, But it's intimate. You know, it's you're connecting with people on a much more intimate level than what I'm accustomed to. It's not just this like wham bam, thank you, here's the cash register, go. You're really talking to people about what the art of it is. It's functional art and it fascinated me. Absolutely grabbed me. And I gotta tell you I think I'm glad my first show was Kansas City and not Chicago. Because (laughs) Chicago was my most recent one. (laughs) That scared the hell out of me. So
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and Michael sent you off there by yourself too.
3: Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> I get, no, Nate, I got to tell you, Nate took very good care of me. We had a bunch of carvers at the fire lab table. Everybody made sure that I was well stocked with lots of diet coke, um, and uh, it was it was it was very good overall.
0: <laughs> yeah, there, there's a bit of a difference between uh, J.P. Morgan and the entire pipe industry and it has to do with the little commas that go after the hundred thousand million billion numbers you know we don't have those commas <laughs> we've never needed them um let, let's go into your your own personal pipe smoking uh how often do you get a chance to sit down and smoke a pipe gosh not as
3: often as i'd like to um, I, I I am a filthy, dirty cigarette smoker. I'm so sorry. I feel like I have to apologize for it every time I'm at a pipe show. Um, so so not nearly not nearly as often as I'd like to. Um, I, I, uh, once a week, if I'm lucky. Once every two weeks. It's something I feel like I have to plan for. It's like a pedicure.
0: And do you? I mean, do you find it as it's something that so since you have to plan for it it's more of a special occasion where you're going to say okay the next 2 hours I'm going to sit down here and have a drink and just smoke this pipe.
3: Yes. Yeah, it's it's something in a way it almost feels selfish to me. You know, it's like this is something that I'm going to do for me. You know, and and it's something I'm going to focus on for me and it's going to be my time. Hang my little do not disturb sign. This is for me.
0: Did you, uh, when, when you started out, I'm assuming Michael probably didn't start you off on a real inexpensive, cheap tobacco, (laughs) so,
3: his collection of tobacco blows my mind.
0: (laughs) Uh, so did you automatically gravitate towards one style or the other?
3: I have been told you know because occasionally they will wave things in front of my nose and not tell me what they are Um, because I I, and and I say they you know like everybody who comes through the lab (laughs) will wave things through my nose and and just say here you know try this and and it seems that I gravitate towards Latakia
0: I'm sorry we're through it was nice talking to you
3: (laughs) are we breaking up now Brian I'm going to be so sad
0: (laughs) yes we're over I can't handle it. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, since you don't like, since you like tobacco that has uh, no taste whatsoever. um...
3: (laughs) I'm off the drugstore cherry. You've got to give me at least some credit for that.
0: Okay, you get some credit. Uh, Are there styles of pipes that automatically drew your attention? Oh God,
3: yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny, because I have to tell you that two years ago, I I couldn't have pulled a bulldog from a billiard, you know, and that's probably been the fastest part of my education, um, is just learning different shapes and different styles and how to read a block of briar and, you know, trying to determine whether or not a pipe should have been blasted, and if it was left smooth, why was it left smooth? And, you know, looking at airways, it's been fascinating to me. The library that we have at the Briar Lab is mind-blowing. I mean, we have racks and racks and racks of books and magazines and old catalogs and just I'm a reader by nature, and so it's like everything that you can put in front of my nose, I'm going to dive into. And what I can tell you is that I love a bent... For me, I just personally like a good vent pipe. I love the author shape. I'm so excited for the Kansas City Pipe Show this year. You have no idea. I'm going to blow my entire budget on raffle tickets for the seven days <laughs> I'm It's killing me. Brian, it's killing me. I'm like, ah, oh, they had to do the author. Why are they doing this to me? Because I want all of them. I don't want just the seven. I'm going to want every entry, you know, which <laughs> shape, you know. Um so, yeah, I, I like a I like a nice, gentle-bent offer. I think they're beautiful. I've got one of Scotty's that is probably, like, my favorite pipe. You know, it's I bought it from her last year. It was the first pipe I ever paid my own money for. And, uh, you know, no, no trade, no swaps, no, you know, being like, I'm Michael Lenders' girlfriend. You know, none of that. <laughs> paid full retail for it. My own cash, you know. So, love that pipe.
0: Yeah, so come on, now that you brought up Scotty, who is uh, Scotty Pearsall, um, let's talk about, you. Yeah, she was your roommate in Chicago this year, so come on, there's got to be some stories about what went on in the room afterwards, and the in the the stories, and the giggling, and whatever. Yeah, I gotta tell you, we
3: never saw each other. That girl <laughs> was a machine, are you kidding me? I was like, you know, it'd be like 11 o'clock at night, I'm... And- spawning into my, you know, into my bottle of Diet Coke. I'm
4: like, I'm going to go to bed
3: now, and I'm like, wink, and she would just blow me off and not even roll into the room until 3 a.m. So, I don't know what to tell you, Brian.
0: Oh, all right. So, um, <laughs> any, uh, any stories of, uh, silliness or, uh, stuff going on inside the lab?
3: I don't know how silly it is, um, but I, I do like to remind people that I'm the reason why we have a safety disclosure. Um, so, like, the, the, we, one of the things that we do, and, and it seems overly formal, but any time someone comes through the back door of the lab, we have paperwork. So we ask them to sign. It's basically the, you know, don't cut your finger off on our equipment, or even if you do, don't sue us because it's not our fault. And I had not been working out of the lab for very long at all, I mean, maybe a couple months. And I was working on Michael's Lays, just doing some super simple work, was not paying attention to what I was doing, and I managed to have his lathe going at full speed and snap the jaws right into the tool post. And so, <laughs> if you can imagine the sound of it first of all I mean, just boom, you know. And I scream and go leaping backwards, you know, hit the off switch, and I spin around. And that's when I hear Nate yell, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, you know, I'm freaking out about the machine. And he's like, No, Sarah your face. and like, what do you mean my face? I had managed to slice my entire face from forehead to chin down my nose. Oh, no. And so, no, I know that, Brian, if it was a half an inch in either direction, I lost an eye. And I'm like, oh, my God, so there's blood running down my face and crying my eyes out. So the boys get me patched up. I'm going to be okay. They're like, we need disclosure forms. <laughs> <No. laughs> so two weeks later, two weeks later, I'm still not completely healed up. I can't figure out what's going on. And I come in the lab and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I still have a spot on my chin. I don't know what's going on. And Nate, ever helpful, grabs a magnet off his toolbox and goes, hang on. Throws the magnet at my face where it sticks to my chin, and I'm like, ow! And he's like, yeah, you still have metal in there. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. I've got that figured out now. So some weird pictures of me with a giant magnet hanging off of my face because I managed to embed metal in my own skin.
0: And and Nate took that piece of metal out and made a steampunk pipe out of it.
3: The chances are good. I think think he mounted it somewhere. So, you know, (laughs) don't do this to your face.
0: Sarah, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready?
4: Oh, I hope so.
0: What's your favorite pipe? That I own? Whatever. My
3: Scotty Pearsall uh, author.
0: What's your favorite tobacco? Mm,
3: the Briar Lab blend that McClellan was nice enough to make for our open lab last year.
0: And what's your favorite drink?
3: Mm, I'm a sucker for a nice cold pinot grigio on a hot summer night.
0: When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music?
3: A book every time.
0: And uh, last question, and this does not include slicing your face in half. uh, Do you have any favorite pipe-smoking-related memories?
4: Mm,
3: I think my favorite pipe smoking memory would probably be the first time I went to go visit Michael when his shop was still up in Michigan and getting to curl up in his face there. um, And we were both smoking and getting to watch him create for the first time and, and knowing that I was in the right place.
0: The website is Briar Lab B R I A R L A B dot com. Check it out if you send a Facebook, an Instagram, or a Twitter, or all those things that you can follow them on. Uh Sarah's the one that's gonna answer it. So Sarah, thank you very much for joining us. Always wonderful to get the uh woman's perspective.
3: Thanks, Brian. It was a pleasure talking
0: to you tonight. We'll be back in just a minute.
4: It's Saturday morning at the crack of dawn. The cool chill of night still clings to the air, as the sun slowly rises over the misty surface of the lake. You've waited all week for just this moment. You know that today is going to be epic. Everything is here to ensure perfection. From the nice full cooler packed with your favorite suds, to the other empty one waiting to be filled with piles of freshly caught fish. Reaching into your pocket, you pull out your trusty briar and fill it with your favorite tobacco, aptly named Great Outdoors. It is the perfect smoke for moments like these. A strike, a flash, and your tobacco is lit as the delicious mixture ignites and swirls over your tongue and the deep, rich burlies with a hint of sweet Virginia dance in your mouth. You smile, casting your first line into the water. The slowly widening ripples begin to stir as you feel the first bite of the day tug at your line. Now you know it truly is going to be a good day and a perfect time to enjoy the simple yet unmatchable pleasures of the great outdoors. Great Outdoors is another fine quality pipe tobacco manufactured by Sudliff, America's oldest tobacco company. And is available at fine tobacconists everywhere. Enjoy your perfect day by purchasing a tin today.
0: This is Internet Radio. We are back, and uh, I'm just uh, I'm just gonna stay away from Nate if he's got any magnets. That's that's all I got to say. Um, always interesting to get the uh, get the ladies' perspective on our uh, wonderful hobby here. All right, for music, uh, we're going back to Louis Prima, who was a uh, pipe smoker and a band leader, and um, it's also another song that uh, eventually David Lee Roth covered. So, kind of ties in with Happy Trails. Um, It's Louis Prima doing just a jiggleo, and
4: just a jiggleo, and everywhere I go, people know the part I'm playing. Paid for every dance Selling his romance Oh, what the sin. There will come a day And youth will pass away What will they say about me When the end comes I know They'll say just a gigalow Life goes on without me And just a gigalow Everywhere I go People know the part I'm playing Paid for every dance Selling each romance Oh, what and they say And there will come a day And youth will pass away What will they say about me When the end comes, I know There's just a the trickle-dose Life goes on without me Cause... Kiss for me, this no matter. Kiss for me, I'm so sad and lonely, me. sad and lonely, sad and lonely. Won't sweet mama, come take a chance with me? 'Cause I ain't so bad. Hey, singer, sweet love song, all of the time. Do both live up. got nobody. Oh, and there's no matter just for me. There's no matter just for me. do no matter just for me. I'm gonna
0: Rockin' Smokin' Jazz Band. Uh, If you want to hear more, just search around on Spotify for Louis Prima, P-R-I-M-A. What in the hell you got mail? In the mailbag, let's go way back in time because I found another spot on the Facebook page where some people had put some things. Uh, Going back a month and a half or so, Daniel Owsley says, uh, Thank you so much for featuring my Swampfoot music, that's Swampfoot, in the uh, latest podcast. We really enjoyed it. If anyone wants to check out any more tunes, head on over to facebook.com slash swampfootblues, and there's some uh, more tunes over there for you to sit back and listen to. Um, let's see, Odd Merchant's Tobacconist, if you're in the Twin Cities area, the Great Northern Pipe Club, I'm going to guess that that's uh, the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul, uh, is hosting its annual pipe swap. That was April 10th, but the only reason I'm mentioning it is so that if you're in that area and you want to become a member of the club, it's greatnorthernpipeclub.org org. And I highly recommend that everybody that can get out to a pipe show. Um, Also, there were some great pictures of International Pipe Smoking Day. So we're going all the way back to February. A couple folks posted what they were doing. And lastly, going way back. uh, No, two more. Uh, Mike Murphy says, so I just listened to... Show 162, love the interview with Jesse Jones, loved your rant even more. We have a Denny's here in town that serves great fish and chips, but no malt vinegar. Makes no sense. I actually take my own bottle with me when we go out for fish. Uh, Yeah, fish and chips without malt vinegar is fish fingers. Um, And then the last one, uh, January 12th, Nathan Davis says, In episode 15, I believe Brian mentioned Helping design a Brigham pipe tool that was concave like his. Did anything ever come of this? Yes, it did. It's the Brigham 3-in-1 tool. It's a black cylinder that unscrews in two separate sections. It's identical to the one I use and identical to the one I designed. Um, Also, recently it appears that... um, uh, Pipes Magazine Radio Show is having issues with Podcast Addict. um, And uh, some of the other uh, podcast servers out there may be having issues with us. Uh, The only three that actually require us to provide a link to, and they scan for it, is iTunes, Podkicker, and Stitcher. Uh, Those are the only three that we actually provide a link to. The other ones are free services that... We can send a direction to, but I don't think they actually look for or uh, take a feed directly from it. I think they just find this and then scan it. A lot of them, what I've noticed, they do is kind of repurpose a iTunes feed. So there's a lot of these little, uh, a lot of these second and third tier uh, podcast servers that we really have no control over. Um, while you are on uh, if you're listening on iTunes, make sure that you subscribe, click subscribe to the show because apparently even the Almighty iTunes is having some issues again. and if you just look at the uh, uh, if you just look at the listing of the shows without subscribing, you'll notice that it's missing a couple of episodes in the just the show listings. The minute you click, click, click subscribe, it goes right into your feed. Uh, While you're there, would appreciate a rating or review as well as on Stitcher. Those are all wonderful. Alright, going back to uh, last week with Jeff Steinbach. Safari Pete says, Brian, excellent interview. Very informative on the news. Government interference in our lives are pipe mixture, manufacturing rules, etc. It's time to circle the wagons and get busy writing letters. If one who is knowledgeable about this interference in our lives would get together with someone who has a list of all the Piper clubs, we could petition the uh, uh, backside holes, I'll paraphrase, in Washington as one big unit. There is power in numbers. I'm so sick of these people wanting to get involved in every facet of our lives. It's time we go after them, or someday the only place you'll see a pipe, a cigar, a tobacco plant will be in a museum. I'm old, I'm sick, and I'm pissed. I'm a disabled vet who fought for freedom. Looks like uh, freedom is only you own the power, and we own the power. just has to be presented properly. Anyway, going to have a wee, uh, uh, wee rock in Doris of uh, Patron Silver and calm down. By the way, the music was so good that before the music finished, I had completed an order on Amazon for the album. That was uh, Chris Thiele and Edgar Meyer. Uh, Casey Ghost says, good show. The pipe, stem, uh, the pipe stem section was really good. I think you meant pipe parts. Uh, The interview is very crisp and clear in its content. Jeff was a little more optimistic about some judge somewhere seeing the truth and striking down these vicious FDA regulations. Personally, I think it'll be a cold day in hell, but but he's a better person to judge than I am. The rant at the end was quite good. I think with John Seiler's departure, I'm now your longest-standing contributor. Yes, Dan, you are now number one. Hopefully, John will come back, too. But you'll still be number one. Uh, The Kilted One says, Brian, good show. I can't comment much on your situation with the FDA other than to hope it works out as well as possible. But Jeff was a very interesting person, and I enjoyed listening to him. The music selection was good. Nice and relaxing for my night shift. I only have one complaint. Please don't tap your mic like you did during your rant. I had my headphones in and you nearly deafened me. Ooh, I wasn't even sure I did that. Um, I will uh, try to make sure and stay away from it. Um, You know, one thing that he brings up is a good point, is that we in the United States have been about five to ten years behind what is going on in Europe and many other Western world countries. Uh, You know, just for an example, we have Australia that's got about a $75 Australian uh, per 50 gram tin. Europe has been reporting and dealing with all these issues for many, many years. Uh, So what goes on in Europe is still uh, pretty far ahead of what we're dealing with. All right, there you go. In just a minute, rant
2: time. My name is Shane Ireland, and I'm the pipe manager at SmokingPipes.com. It's my job to source and select the absolute best pipes from all over the world. We take collecting seriously, so you should think of us as your team of personal pipe shoppers. When you browse our site and make your selection, the pipe you've picked out has traveled from the maker to our merchandising and quality control department. It was then given to our highly skilled photographers, videographers, and copywriters before being carefully and lovingly packaged by our shipping team pipe you see is the pipe you get and it's just the one you've been searching for whether you're on the hunt for that next special piece to add to your collection or would simply like a recommendation from our extensive selection of tobaccos give us a call at 1-888-366-0345 and our friendly experts will be glad to assist you we are quality we are experts we are collectors we are
3: smokingpipes.com Oh,
0: This is another one of those kids these days kind of rants, and it's just just an observation more than a rant. I don't care what you kids these days say, but uh, both of my kids and some of their friends and some other kids that I've heard recently refer to one of their best friends. Well, I'm sorry, but when we were growing up, you know what? You had friends, you had good friends, and then you had one best friend. Why? Because best means number one, the top, the premier, the uh, numero uno, el grande. Yeah, uh, well, but nowadays, apparently, it's okay to have uh, numerous best friends. And, uh, you know, I remember back in back when I was in uh, elementary school and uh, middle school, that it was a competition to see if you were somebody's best friend, and you had to be the best friend, not just a friend friend or another friend, but apparently nowadays it's okay to be a best friend and have multiple best friends. Well, you know, alright, if you kids want to have many, many, many best friends, then do you have a best, best best friend that's like the number one or how many levels of best do you have? If it's a title of best that you're going to throw around, how many do you have? I'm sorry, but when uh, you and I talk about uh, pipes or pipe tobacco and we have our best blend or our favorite blend, we only have maybe one or two. might be two, but you've only got one that's the Premier numero uno what's your best pipe in your collection yeah there's only one not many 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 best friends So uh, you kids are confused nowadays yeah you're confused you have to have one best friend a bunch of good friends and then friends and then acquaintances and then people you know and then it falls off from there anyway alright there you go um, hey, like I said, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes. We would appreciate that. Share the Pipes Magazine radio show with all your friends that are pipe smokers, your acquaintances, and even your best friends. Or if you've got many best best friends, tell them all about it. Uh, comments, questions, email me, brian at com. Suggestions for pipe parts would be appreciated, brian at com. And if you would like to advertise on the show, email Kevin at PipesMagazine.com. So, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Sarah for joining me and until next time.
2: Let me pull a rabbit out of my hat.